From Steel Valley Media, this is the Frosty Podcast. The Fortune 500 is the iconic list of large companies in this country. When you've made the Fortune 500, you know you've made the big time. It's a measure of prestige. It says they're big enough to play with the big boys. Welcome to the Frosty Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Frost. With me, as always, Tony Perenni. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Google Podcasts. And as always, you can find us on Podbean. We are now on Twitter, at Frosty Pod. We will be sending GIFs, GIFs, however you want to say it, memes. We're going to be sending you stuff from the show. We're going to be sending you all kinds of NFL news. The lighter side of sports, it is the place to be on Twitter. Tony, week 10 is in the books. We are looking forward to week 11. But Tony, what a great week it was. Yeah, we have some playoff scenarios to look at finally. We are at that point of the season. I don't know where the season's gone, honestly. There's there's snow on the ground here in Northeast Ohio. Uh, we're talking playoffs we're talking about act tests uh we are really moving along here in this season and uh it's time to catch up and catch up we shall no sense waiting opening bell presented by dunder mifflin paper company incorporated and first up here tony let's jump into our game of the week Steve Groovers, the EBDBB, took on your nooks and fannies and came out victorious. Now, we were all surprised by Melissa's pick, but turned out to prove not correct as he beat you pretty handily 129.1 to your 109.7. Steve winning on the back of Lamar Jackson, who had himself a game there in Cincinnati with 33.4. Dalvin Cook shows up with 31.3. Uh, the rest of the team showing up, showing okay efforts. Kenny Galladay getting those two extra yards from his spot uh, as, he, as he advanced the ball on his own there. Uh, but your team, Aaron Jones put up 27.3. DJ Moore, 21. Nobody else really eclipsing 20. Uh, what happened, Tony? Uh, Melissa's faith in Alvin Kamara was misguided. He gave me another uh, fairly average week at 15 points. Uh, Cooper Cup put his jersey on and ran around on the field, but uh, didn't give any production at all as the Steelers uh, put together a, a good game plan to take him away and double him for most of the game. He had no catches. And then that the, my trade with Vince earlier in the week uh, that netted me Emmanuel Sanders and Austin Hooper as well as Jordan Howard, who was on by, but Sanders and Hooper uh, both go down in their first game on my team. Hooper at least had the, the decency to get in the end zone once before it happened, but it sounds like he will be out multiple weeks. Uh, Sanders goes down in the first quarter. It just becomes a perfect storm that my guys can't, uh, can't overcome. So just adding to the inconsistencies that my lineup has had most of the season, you know, my, my team is, been projected to be in the 130s most weeks and has failed to meet that most weeks and it's becoming a problem on the other side steve's team is starting to round in the form a little bit and he really hasn't gotten much from ezekiel elliott yet in the first two weeks with him 
And this, this has been Zeke most of the season now. So we have to wonder if this is going to be him for the rest of the year or if he's still really waiting to turn it on. But, but I think for the rest of Steve's team, he has to be pretty happy with what he's seeing. Yeah, you bring up Zeke. You know, he, he's generally projected in the 20s and, and this week scoring 8.3. Yeah, I, I got to wonder, I'm with you here, is, is this new Zeke? He keeps getting the projections, I think, not based off what he's doing, but what he's done uh, in pa- in years past. Uh, I don't I don't know. But, yeah, Steve's team overall seems, like you said, rounding into form, you know, getting ready to make that playoff push, uh, you know, sitting there at six and four. But you, you got to feel pretty good about where his team's going. Tony, you find yourself in a little bit of a losing streak. Yeah, it's not looking good right now. And uh, have, have a, a big bout with us. Uh... Tyler coming up this week, who's uh, been losing even more than I have lately. So uh, big game because next week, uh, Kevin Hulick's hot team is coming, coming to town and that could be for the division right there. So need to make sure I get my team on track before that game happens. Next up here, Tony, we got Joe Reedy's footloose prosthetics, uh, whooping the crap out of Vince Scorgonzola's grandpa's cheese barn. 138.1 to 109.2. We've been talking about Joe's team, you know, obviously got off that, that quick start. And since then has really struggled sitting there now at five and five, you know, right there at 500 fifth in that sales division, uh, Vince dropping to seven and three first in the sales division. Uh, but Joe finally getting that win that that I think he's been looking for. Uh, he's come close a couple times, but he, he keeps scoring high than scoring low. This week was a high one, despite the Cowboys' defense putting up negative one. He gets good production from Tyreek Hill at 33. Golden Tate, my Notre Dame boy, coming in at 23.5. Otherwise, everybody else showing up pretty well in the teens. uh, And really, the Cowboys' defense, the only dark spot there. On the other side, Vince gets a good showing from Patrick Mahomes at 29.8. Dude put up damn near 500 yards passing in a ridiculous showing. But uh, Saquon Barkley on the 8.1, Tyler Locke at 5.9, Jason Witten 3.7. So tough showing there from from Grandpa's Cheese Barn. Uh, But Joe Reedy back up in 500. Yeah, Footloose Prosthetics, welcome back to the league this week with the 138 points showing. He's got to be wishing they could do this more often. It's, It's been rare lately. They show, show the ability to do that pretty consistently earlier on in the year and have since had a hard time getting there. But you still really like the components on Joe's team and feel like if they can uh, turn this into a run, especially with Tyreek Hill back and healthy and Patrick Mahomes back and healthy, that could lead to some major points for him there. The Devontae Freeman injury has got to hurt him a little bit for a roster that's already pretty thin at running back, though. So it's going to be a critical couple of weeks for him right now as – his team finds themselves right there in the middle of the pack. Uh, Vince's side, uh, this this feels like a bit of a blip for him. His, his team is not very accustomed to finishing at 109 points. Saquon Barkley, not very accustomed to finishing at eight points. Uh, you know, it's, it's tough to win when your stars don't perform like stars, and Saquon gets under 10 points. Uh, Tyler Lockett has an injury and ends up off the field. Uh, He doesn't get to the double-digit point. Odell Beckham in his first week on Vince's roster only gets a 10. So it's just just too much to overcome for Vince's team this week. Uh, He's got an immediate chance to bounce back here with a big matchup against Steve's team this week, though. 
Next up, we go to the warehouse division. Kevin Hulick's law offices of Saul Goodman getting 152.7 points and is the top scorer of the week, taking on Tyler Kerr's Cyberdyne Systems, who scores only 86.3 and is the lowest scorer of the week. And Kevin now on a four-game win streak, getting good production from Christian Kirk at 37.8, Derek Henry at 33.1, and a bunch of other good showings from his team. On the other side there with Tyler Kerr, he gets 31.7 out of Amari Cooper, but only John Brown and Aaron Rodgers score 10 or above everybody else in single digits. Yeah, it's more of the same for Tyler's team here. It's the second week in a row. He's finished in the 80s and goes up against a buzzsaw in Hulick's law offices of Saul Goodman, who have just been rolling as of late to the tune of four straight wins. Uh, Josh Jacobs puts up another 19-point effort. Christian Kirk, fresh off the bench, puts up 37.8. Another trade with me nets him Derrick Henry, uh, who comes in with two touchdowns on the day, 33.1 points. Um, he survived the DeAndre Hopkins buy pretty nicely there and puts up 152 points. And that team just keeps rolling right now. And they're going to be a tough team to beat moving forward. Uh, Ty's team right now is floundering three straight losses. They're down to three and seven. Uh, he finds himself in a pretty rough spot going into this week. We'll get into the playoff scenarios here uh, in a little bit, but he's got to go through an Aaron Rodgers bye week this week uh, where he really needs to win and win bad. Yeah. And for Kevin, I think this was the week that he had circled on his, on his schedule. That was going to be a rough one with, like you said, Deandre Hopkins on bye week Patriots defense on bye week DJ Chark, who's really been showing up. He's also on a buy five guys on bye week for Kevin. And, you know, he sits Josh Allen in place of drew Brees. And if he would have ended up playing Allen, he would have added 14 more points to that total. Uh, so Kevin actually leaving some points on the bench, even though he was top scorer in the league. Otherwise, otherwise around the league here, Dave Peschen's super sack gets the win at 148.9 over Tim Taft's the Green Dragon. And Tim now finding himself on quite the losing streak. And Kalen King's prestige worldwide gets the win going up against Charlie Thurber, 118.6. To 99.7, another week that Charlie was not able to eclipse 100, um, and he seems to be having that up-and-down season. Yeah, that's two losses in a row now for Charlie's team there, and he's been a pretty low-scoring team for most of the season outside of the one week where he almost hit 200. Um, He's definitely not the way you want to finish the season here, and he's got some tough matchups to finish the year. He is not out of the woods yet as far as toilet bowl playoffs go, so... Two teams here in, uh, in capital expenditures and prestige worldwide that are heading in opposite directions. Kalen takes full advantage here. He could still get himself out of jail and get him into the playoff picture here. And he could he helps himself quite a bit by, by pushing Charlie down a notch. And that'll do it for the opening bell presented by Dunder Mifflin Paper Company Incorporated. All right, Tony, it's time to get into some power rankings. Presented by Nutritox, proud home of the Crunch Enhancer since 1989. Nutritox, 
food additives are our bread and butter. Tony, you have prepared your top four teams as they stand right now. Hit us with them. Yes, sir. I'm taking the lead here. Get right into it. Number four, uh, I got myself. My, my nooks and fannies right there. I'm, I think I'm sitting at number four right now as far as the strength of the team goes. They have been very, very uneven. I've been pretty disappointed with their team, with my team uh, for most of the season so far. Have not been performing the way I expect them to. As I mentioned during the opening bell, they've been projected to hit the 130-point mark most weeks and then have failed to do so because uh, stars just aren't performing like my stars right now. I'm getting a lot of good performances out of Aaron Jones, who has been my my best player, really. Um, Alvin Kamara has done little to nothing for me as my best keeper coming into the season. Cooper Cup started the season really hot and has cooled down. Uh, that being said, I think I have some really good matchups on the horizon for a lot of my team, enough to keep me in the top four of this list. So still feel decent about my team. I need to get some guys healthy. Uh, from from this last trade with Vince, they they dropped immediately. If I can get them back for the playoffs, that would be huge. You know, Tony, as we started this this uh, podcast and this season, we talked a lot about your team, the unluckiness you've had over the last few years with injuries, and I, I kind of kept waiting for that shoe to drop because your team was was really performing well. Uh, much better than you usually do in fantasy football. You're usually a playoff bubble team. Um, and the fact that you were kind of starting to run away with it a little bit in the very beginning, I was like, oh, man, maybe Tony's finally turned the corner. But uh, now we're back to normal Tony fantasy football coaching where your guys get injured and you second-guess yourself and do all that. You are sixth in points for right now and third from the bottom in points against. So that record... Seems to be a lot of luck more so than skill. I actually have Dave Pestian Super Sack sitting here at four. I don't have you in my top four. Dave's team is third in points for, uh, a little higher in points against. But uh, I think uh, top four, I'm putting Dave in there. That's fair enough. And it's a, a all too familiar feeling for my team right now, and I'm not enjoying it at all. But enough about my team. Let's go to number three. Number three, I have Steve Groover's EBDBBBNB. Uh, we hammered him pretty early on the season, how his team was not what he was accustomed to. Still aren't. They still aren't the juggernaut that they were last year, but they were really starting to round on the form for him. Now, Dalvin Cook has been near automatic for him. Lamar Jackson just continues to get better each and every week. Uh, and he's got some good favorable matchups down the stretch here. Um, and he can usually always rely on one of his pass catchers going off on any given week, whether it's Kenny Galladay or Hunter Henry or, or Stefan Diggs. Somebody carries the bell for him. I think he's got a pretty nice roster moving forward. And then if he ends up getting anything out of Ezekiel Elliott at some point, uh, he could really find himself in position to three-peat. I like Steve in this spot, and I think there's a lot of questions still to be answered. And he does not have, he has a very difficult schedule going down the stretch here. He goes up against Vince Gorgonzola this week, then Dave Peschen Super Sack in a what will be another uh, Meanderwood melee, and then finally Charlie Thurber's Capital Expenditures in our final episode of the Rocky Top Rumble. And 
you know, two major rivalries, uh, you know, and, and Steve has lost both of those the first time around. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens to Steve's team going down here. I think his team is the best it's been all year. But as we're seeing, Vince's team is is also in, in good form. Dave's team is getting better. And Charlie's team is up and down. It depends on which week you catch him. So I think Steve fits here. But don't be surprised if he starts to slip. Brutal end of the season coming up for Steve. I agree. And like when he faces Dave and Meander would have melee too. Uh, does does a loser have to paint the fence on this one? Like I I I mean I need more details. I need more details moving forward. I, I'm I'm gonna go on number two. Number two. I know he's only five and five right now, but his team has been surging as of late. They were performing well before they started winning and just kept getting unlucky. I'm going with the law offices of Saul Goodman and Kevin Hulick's squad. They're the hottest team in the league right now, coming off a four-game winning streak. They are consistently putting up big points. The second-highest scoring team in the league uh, to Vince Gorgonzola's grandpa's cheese barn. And uh, they're a force to be reckoned with right now. As somebody who's sitting in the division lead right now, I'm definitely getting nervous with Kevin's team breathing down my neck right now. And you should be, Tony. He, Kevin, let's look at his next three games. He's got Kalen King's Prestige Worldwide. Then he goes up against you. And finally, Grandpa's Cheese Barn at the end of the year. Kevin can beat any of those teams and probably all of those teams. That that contest against Vince at the end might be for a bye week implication, which is crazy to think about because we were just talking about Kevin being in the hot, you know, in the hot seat for the ACT, and if he had enough time, well, he's only two games from, away from Vince here. As he's sitting there at five and five, and Vince at seven and three, so Kevin very well could make the playoffs. Very well could be in that other bye week, uh, in that, or I'm sorry, in that bye game in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, when you first said that that you were going to put Kevin here at number two. I was like, is he crazy? And then the more I thought about it, I was like, no, I don't think he's crazy. But uh, I, I kind of agree with you here. And it'll be interesting to see how he performs. I, like I said, I think he'll beat Kalen. How does he perform against your team? And then how does he perform against Vince? But he very well could come out of this at 2-1 at and one or 3-0. and oh. Well, that's a great transition, Derek. It's almost like you're a, a trained media professional here. My number one spot, Vince Gorgonzola's Grandpa's Cheese Barn. And he's been here for most of the season, and he's staying here right now. I think his team is still really strong. He's got a few injuries right now, but I don't think it's going to be anything that's going to impact him in the playoffs. I expect George Kittle and Tyler Lockett to be back. Uh, I, I expect Saquon Barkley will put up the type of points that we're used to here in the coming weeks, not so much the eight points he did this past week. And then you have Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback, who can and will go off on most weeks. Uh, it's a huge advantage for him on every single week. He's got a 49ers defense who is playing almost as good as anybody in the league right, right now. Just top to bottom, his lineup is loaded. And then I – I gave him Odell Beckham, and if that Browns offense gets clicking at the right time here with their week schedule, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Vince took on his last loss here, or his loss last week in week 10 against Footloose Prosthetics. 
And it was his first loss since week three where he faced Steve Groover's EB, DB, B&B. And those teams are very important to discuss because those are his next two matchups. This week he goes up against Groover's squad, who, as we just talked about, is starting to surge. And, you know, date or I'm sorry, Joe had his number back there in week, or, you know, last week in week 10. And does he have it again in week 12? And then, as we mentioned, he goes up against Kevin Hulick's law offices of Saul Goodman. Now, Vince's team is way too good to start saying, well, but, you know, a Joe Reedy five and five can take him twice. I don't think so. I think it was a little bit more of a flukish win than it was Joe's team being better than Vince's. But just to look out, you look at at of Vince's three losses, two of those teams he's facing again over the last three weeks of the schedule. So I'm with you here. I think Vince's team is number one. We're going to talk to Vince a little bit later and find out he's actually his team could be a little bit better than what's uh, what he's put out there. Um, and if he can if he can play his cards right moving forward, he can easily finish this thing out with the number one spot and a bye week first round of the playoffs. So I'm with you, Vince, number one. And uh, as a rookie in this league, man, congratulations on on being this good, this fast. They still got to finish the job, though. It's the hardest part. So these next three weeks are going to be a meat grinder, and then you go into the playoffs where one slip up and you're done. So uh, great place for him to be in his first year here in the league, but there's a lot more work to be done. Well said. And those are our power rankings presented by Nutritox, proud home of the Crunch Enhancer since 1989. Nutritox food additives are our bread and butter. Oh, yeah, it's bullshit, Mom. Not a single person used the hashtag. I don't know. Probably just as much as anyone listens to any commercial. All right, I love you too. Hey, Frosty listeners, intern Dave here, a.k.a. the undisputed number one Frosty listener. Do me a favor and don't fast forward through this ad for once because I've got an absolute banger of a practice question for you this week on the ABCs of the ACTs. This question is brought to you by Hooked on Phoenix and picked by the one and only Derek Frost. Just to give a little background, moments before the podcast was set to air, I realized no one used the uh, trending hashtag, hashtag paint that shed Steve Butois. Uh, and that's Steve with a V. It probably added a little bit to the confusion there. Well, like any good intern, I went to one of my bosses or you know anyone that would listen to me. And right before I was told to fuck off, Derek picked question number two. And the question reads, X plus 2y equals 5, 2x plus y equals 16. What does x plus y equal? Well, you know, figure it out yourself. And good luck. It's not easy. The hours and hours of work that I've put into solving these problems should tell you something. And, you know, it it, it just goes unnoticed. Even my mom didn't listen to my commercials. Well, there you have it, folks. This has been the ABCs of the ACTs brought to you by Hooked on Phoenix. And the fact that you didn't use the hashtag is just ridiculous. Now, back to the show. Next up on the Frosty Podcast, we're excited to bring a new segment. These are going to be some in-depth analytics brought to you by our brand new intern, Vince Gorgonzola. 
And these are in-depth analytics brought to you by Nextel. Communication is easier with Nextel. Welcome to the podcast, intern Vince Gorgonzola. Thank you, Derek. It's a pleasure to be here. Finally got hired. Um, you know, I, I, I think uh, I, I, I got a lot of coffee for you guys. Um, spilled a lot of it all over the place, obviously. But, you know, that's why I, I always bring two extra cups, assuming that at least one's going to go down. Um, so I appreciate you, you know, sticking with me throughout all my spills. Um, but I, uh, you know, worked tirelessly at this um, at this analysis. And I think that we have quite a lot of analytics that just quite fr frankly, uh, ESPN doesn't provide. So this is Fortune 500 Leagues ESPN Fantasy Football Analytics, um, of course, brought to you by Nextel. Um, and and so just wanted to kind of walk through real quick of uh, what the model has been uh, put together and, and the, the thought process behind it. So, um, you know, there was a lot of talk about, well, so I have the most points for in the league, uh, but I'm still losing quite a bit or vice versa. Uh, I, I, I maybe not, I'm not scoring that much, but, you know, I, I've gotten very lucky and didn't have a lot of points against, and therefore I've got a better record than what I really should. So what I did is I uh, kind of pulled together every single week's games uh, for each of the teams and put down, okay, so here was your actual starting lineup. Here's everybody on your bench. Uh, what did everybody score? And if you had made your choices differently, what was your max possible in that week? So if you needed to start uh, one of your running backs instead of your wide receivers at your flex position, or if you put a running back on the bench that should have been in your starting two, uh, flipping that and giving you what the actual maximum possible score was. Uh, and the, the results are quite interesting. Um, and so got a couple of uh, a list of things to, to go over and then we'll like can turn it over to you guys and hear your thoughts on the on the matter. So, you know, first of all, uh, right now where we stand, um, where Grandpa's Cheese Barn is sitting uh, at seven and three, um, we have a lot of uh, teams at six and four, um, a lot of, at five and five. So it's a lot of, you know, it, it's, it's really shaping up to be a, a very uh, competitive league. Um, while Gravis Cheese Barn right now sits with the highest points for in the league, um, also has close to the lowest in terms of points against. So it sounds like Grandpa's Cheese Barn is definitely getting, um, you know, some favorable matchups. But then when you go to the max possible, um, what, it, what it says is that Grandpa's Cheese Barn still at, at top of the league in terms of maximum points for uh, at, at 1,500 points in the total season versus points against is actually capital expenditures is coming in at the lowest. Um, Grandpa's Cheese Bar not too far behind, but it's definitely a lot closer in that in that um, in that column. So really, uh, and if you look at it, it's uh, Grandpa's Cheese Bar could be eight and two uh, in in the maximum possible scenario throughout the season. Another very interesting thing: so law offices of Saul Goodman sit, currently sitting at five and five. And, uh, you know, we talked about how uh, Kevin's team has really been coming back from the dead, basically. The beginning of the season was was atrocious, and uh, and Kevin's been the hottest team and c continues to win and is making, a, a, you know, a, a climb back into the playoffs and potentially uh, is going to be the, the, the hottest team in the playoffs. Well, if you look at the maximum possible that Kevin could have gotten all year, um, could have been at, sitting at 8-2, and two, tied with Grampus Cheese Bar. So there's an example of... Uh, just some one, I think some unlucky matchups, but as well as Kevin not making the best decisions for his team and putting the right players out on the field. 
And then we can go down to the uh, the bottom ranking of this. So uh, Prestige Worldwide needs to stop bragging um, with a worst case scenario of being two and eight in the season rather than four and six. So really, Kalen, sorry, you've been getting very lucky throughout the season with uh, with very favorable matchups where your opponent hasn't been scoring that well. Um, and and so I mean, really, this is uh, it's kind of telling of uh, who is going to probably win in the toilet bowl. So sharpen your pencils, Kalen. Um, then we go to Super Sack. So very interesting. Um, Super Sack scoring third overall in actuality um, in terms of points for. And so that sounds like, uh, you know, Dave is, is quite unlucky in his matchups. But you look at the maximum possible actually sitting in a fix in, in fifth in max possible points. So, uh, I mean, not crazy uh, far, far off, but definitely not uh, as high as Dave is thinking. So. Um, but still not doing poorly, just getting, I think, some unlucky matchups throughout the year. And then next, kind of looking at uh, average points that are left on the bench. This is saying how much did you actually score versus how much was possible to score and how many ben- um, how many points did you leave on the bench? And this is kind of, a, I think, a telling stat that says, well, we, we, we've definitely got um, some choices to make in the week and, and, and make sure that you are choosing the right matchups and maybe playing with more emotion or maybe not as much emotion, depending on uh, each team. So right now, Grandpa's Cheese Barn, the EB, DB, B&B, and Footloose Prosthetics, uh, leaving on average around 25 points on the bench each week. And I think with um, uh, considering the fact that Grandpa's Cheese Barn and uh, I'll just say Vince's team and Steve's team, uh, uh, it, it really shows that you know they are performing very well and still leaving quite a lot of points on the bench. So clearly indicates that they should be uh, performing better. And, and, it, and it shows in the max possible wins and losses where Vince's team should be 8-2 and two and Steve's team should be 7-3. and three. Um, Whereas, uh, you know, Footloose Prosthetics, Joe's team sitting at 5-5 five and five and max possible still at 5-5. Five and five. So that's a clear indication that Joe needs to make some better choices in terms of who he puts on, on, the, on the field instead of on the bench. On the flip side, so you've got Super Sack, Nooks and Fannies, and Prestige Worldwide. On average, only leaving about 13 points on the bench. So um, I think out of those three teams, you can see that uh, Nooks and Fannies, Tony's team, um, sitting at six and four right now, and probably with Max Possible only at five and five um, in terms of wins and losses, and not leaving that many points on the bench. So to be honest, uh, Tony's team is actually doing better than what he should be doing. Um, and, and, and really there, you know, these three teams are making some really good choices in terms of what their maximum possible is to put on the field. They're doing it. Um, so it sounds like they just need to really beef up, uh, beef up the bench potentially, um, make some swaps in terms of, uh, and I know, you know, Tony's been at, very active in trades. So how do we, um, kind of beef up some of these players? And I think honestly, just sometimes it's just unluckiness with, uh, some of these star players that are supposed to score and they're just not doing that. And then moving down, uh, so the Green Dragon, you know, uh, Tim Taft's team, it's uh, it's pretty evident. As I was going through, I had to go each week and update each person's uh, roster and put in the points and everything. I wanted to be quite accurate. And I had the hardest time with Tim's team because uh, he changes his roster like I changed my underwear. Something new about every other day. So, I mean, really, thanks, Tim. Um, it had some been working out for you. You were sitting at 3-7 and seven with wins and losses, and your max possible is 3-7. So, Maybe you should uh, hold on to some of your players rather than switching them out and trying to play matchups every single week. Um, and then a shout out to Capital Expenditures, Charlie Thurber's team with the largest blow victory of the season at 93 points against the Green Dragon, uh, Tim Tass team. So uh, quite evident that, uh, you know, Capital Expenditures had uh, 
a very strong week that week. And and honestly, there's um actually two 200 plus point games this season that were possible. One of those was Footloose, Footloose Prosthetics uh, in week one and uh, Capital Expenditures in week eight. And um, for foot, Footless Prosthetics, for Joe's team, um, he needed to play Deshaun Jackson over Tyreek Hill in week one. That's a tough one to say because, I mean, at the time, Tyreek was supposed to be obviously, you know, uh, with Patrick Mahomes. That You probably don't make the decision. But then the other one is Alshon Jeffrey over Tyler Boyd. And that's a tough one as well because you don't know Tyler Boyd and what he's going to do in that, that week one versus Alshon Jeffrey. Sounded like he was going to be a star player again, but there was definitely some concern still with the Eagles offense. So. Just an interesting one there. And for capital total, capital expenditures, um, needed to play D.D. Westbrook over Leonard Fournette. And that's clear that you're not going to do that. But if they, those two would have happened, uh, then those two teams would have gotten 200-plus point games. And that kind of wraps up this uh, overall analysis. It's a lot thrown at you right now. This is just a really high-level overall analytics of the season so far um, with all the games that we have played. Um, out of you know the ten total ten total weeks, but I think going forward we can dive deep more deeply into each week and kind of give you a little bit more insight of uh, what's going on and and you know what has actually happened and what could have happened. So Vince, that's that's incredible work and and great job. And for anybody who uh, is more of an, a visual person, I tweeted out the uh, the the chart and onto the Frosty Podcast Twitter. Uh, which is at Frosty Pod on Twitter. So take a look at that if you want to see it. But Vince, so let me ask you this, because I, I, in my mind, there's three phases of fantasy football. The first phase is the draft, right? So getting that best possible roster from day one. I guess you can count four because this is a keeper league. So keepers slash draft, we'll count them as one. The second are the adjustments you make throughout the weeks, and that is trades, waiver wire, et cetera. And then number three, which is always, I think, the hardest one, is putting out the best roster week in and week out. So you mentioned that that your team is scoring the most in the league and most in max possible. But who is, I would say, most outperforming what they should be uh, in, in other words, who is polishing the turd the best? It's a really tough one to uh, to really stay. I, I I mean, I kind of made you know the point um, with Kalen King's team where you know he's he's at four and six right now, really should be at two and eight. Um, and and I I'd say that's that is not exactly polishing a turd. That's polishing the the. Uh, the underside of the turd that's already gone through the sewer system and um, and, and sits in Lake Erie right now, probably burning in, uh, in in the river as it goes down. I I don't know that it's it's uh, otherwise it's probably I would have to say it, it it's a really tough call. I I, it, I maybe Tony's team uh, and and not not saying that he's got a turd of a team, um, but he, he's I think he could have done better in some situations, but. He really should be only break even in, in in the 500 game versus six and four, and almost I think a couple of those weeks almost beat his opponents where he got pretty lucky in in some cases. And uh, you know he's made a lot of moves, and uh, some of them have been favorable. And you know just to have the example of the trade that he just made with me just recently, where he actually you know um, Emmanuel Sanders gets hurt. Um, you know it, it it you get you get a player and and immediately they're off the field basically for you and. 
And then what do you do from there? So um, sometimes I think some, the moves are uh, a little bit overzealous, maybe, and, and you think it's going to pan out, and sometimes uh, it, it ends up hurting you. Well, this newest move was vintage Tony, really. You trade and trade for three guys, and two of them go down the first week you trade for him. So yeah. that was just that was just going back to the vault right there for me. Uh, but yeah, I, I would agree. The team has underperformed for most of the year, and a lot of that's been Alvin Kamara, who was you, you pay him the big bucks to be your star, and he has either been injured or just underperformed most weeks, and you get a lot of. Uh, uneven performances from your receivers having Odell Beckham for most of the year. And then Cooper cup is either going off for big points or, or giving very little. Um, yeah. And that's, that's where you end up right about in the middle of the pack. So I think I was able to squeeze out an extra win there uh, a week when I faced Ty and I scored about 85 and was able to just edge him out. That's probably the difference there. Yeah. And, you know, and that being said, uh, I think uh, Charlie Thurber is actually in a quite similar boat sitting at six and four and should be five and five as well in the max possible scenario. And um, one of those, um, you know, one of those changes probably between it, which which one is polishing the turd. Um, Charlie has lower points in total and actuality as well as possible um, and, and, and less points against. So it seems like Charlie's actually gotten even more lucky in some of these cases where, um, you know, not scoring as, as much as, as Tony's team, but still sits with the same record. So this whole Kalen King thing, I find very interesting. So he's at four and six max possible. So if, if everybody put out their best roster, Kalen King's team should be two and eight, which would make him the worst team in the league. So we spend all this time kind of crapping on Ty uh, for him being the, the worst team and all that stuff. But in all reality, it should be Kalen. And, and am I reading that right? Absolutely. There's the worst team in this league. Um, now, Tim and Ty, they both have uh, some, you know, some pretty, um, pretty poor teams as well. Um, but I, I think really Kalen has just been very lucky. And um, I mean, really, though, the warehouse district uh, or the warehouse um, um, conference is really just a very weak conference It's basically Tony and Kevin just battling it out every single week. Um, otherwise it, you might as well just say they're all in the toilet bowl. Yeah. It's really interesting. Vince. Uh, it's just amazing to think that Kalen's team has been underperforming and at four and six, and they actually have gotten lucky a couple of weeks. Um, it's, it's just, just odd to look at his team has really underperformed most weeks because most weeks they're projected in the 120 to 130 point range and have just not been delivering. So uh, coming out of the draft, I think you felt pretty good about Kalen's team. He was in the championship game last year. He had big aspirations for this year, but his guys have just not performed on a regular basis here. Um, he's got some, some recent success since he's traded for Nick Chubb. And he's really needs to keep that going because his playoff hopes are really alive right now with everybody in the middle of the pack here. Um, Vince, I'll just, we'll just end on this. My big takeaway here and looking at this is uh, we've been talking Kevin's team up quite a bit over the last several weeks, especially as he starts this winning streak. And even before that, we were mentioned in how he was scoring. But I don't think we even realized how dominant a team uh, he should have been. Uh, can you just speak to the, the three win difference that was possible for him here? He, he could be at eight and two with you. Yeah, it's 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 pretty scary. Um, I mean, we know that uh, 
you know, for 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 Kevin's ke- Kevin's team, he's really uh, started to step it up in the uh, in the back half of the season as well. You know, you look at uh, at Kevin's week two, and 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 definitely, you know, sitting there, he had Hopkins on on in his receiving core, uh, only scoring nine points when he could have had Godwin scoring twenty six points. Probably would have made the difference. He could have won that week. Um, so that's just a good example of uh, of, of him basically, um, you know, losing that losing that week. Then you go to week three. This is a really tough one where he was sitting at 135 points versus 157 points in his opponent, max possible. And he could have gotten 159 points. And and this is a tough one where he's got, um, you know, Jacobs on, on his uh, running back core with only four points um, and, and, and could have had Thompson uh, with, with, with 15 points. Um, same with his receiving core where he only had uh, Hopkins at 13 points and more at, th- at 13 points and could have had uh, Chark Jr. at about 18 points and uh, Kirk at 16 points. So it's, you know, situations like that where the really tough decisions to make could have won him the week. Um, and, and, and overall, I mean, his, his actual, you know, max possible variance against his opponent um, very small in, 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 in most cases, so like week two could have won by six points. Week three could have won by two points. Week four could have won by six points. So a couple of weeks there in a row that he had lost that could have won those weeks um, and, and, and could have really uh, uh, been in an eight and two position very easily. So then you go into kind of like later in the in the in the in the season, and, and there's actually quite a few games where he could have won by a large margin, could have lost by a large margin. But overall, I think he's, you know, really progressing nicely in the back half um, and, and still performing well, had a great week 10. Um, so he's probably the strongest team for sure coming out of uh, the back half of the season into the playoffs, which is uh, the kind of momentum that you want um, and 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 really uh, one of the scariest teams for sure. And I think we should all be watching out. Great work, Vince. This is fantastic. Well, so I was sick anything? of. I was Sorry. sick of looking at the uh, the ESPN stats and and the the limited capabilities that that ESPN website has, and I just uh, I, I I I want you know with my uh, with my uh, my my brain with Excel that I that I I, I just have been blessed with I guess uh, from from childbirth you know coming out of the womb with a with a spreadsheet um, I couldn't help it but I I, well, I was bored in Ireland for one night so um, there you go four hours of work. <laughs> Fresh out of the womb doing V lookups. I love it. <laughs> uh, uh, index match, actually, now, Tony, I've upgraded. <laughs> you know, that is one thing that I, I learned a little bit about was index match compared to V lookup, and it has so much more functionality, but I haven't really been able to grasp the full use of it, but it was something that I've dabbled in, and uh, yeah, I think undervalued. Well, you know, if you dive into, uh, you know, into the detail of these formulas in this file, you can uh, you could probably learn a thing or two on the index match formula as well as indirect. Um, you know, I got a, I got a, a slew of things, substitute address, column, row, all those different formulas. Uh, have fun. I appreciate that. Uh, again, if you want to see any of this, it is on the Twitter page at Frosty Pod. Thanks a lot, Vince. If anybody wants to know how you become an intern for the podcast, it's doing this kind of stuff. Great work. Appreciate it. And uh, best of luck to the season for everybody. And uh, watch out for Kevin. And that'll do it for the Fortune 500 Leagues ESPN Fantasy Football Analytics brought to you by Nextel. Communication is easier with Nextel. Stay with us.
All right, Tony, as we approach week 11 here, we only have three weeks left of the regular season. It feels like we just started the season yesterday. We were talking about keepers. We were talking about the draft. And all of a sudden now we are talking playoff scenarios. So, Tony, take us through what do these teams need to do to make the playoffs? Well, when you look at both these divisions right here, there's obviously one that is a lot stronger than the other. That sales team division is really tough right now. Uh, looking at that division, there is one big clinching scenario that looms over all the others right now. Vince Gorgonzola's grandpa's cheese barn. Uh, with a win or a loss by Joe Reed's footloose prosthetics, he will clinch a playoff berth this week. So big, big week for Vince. And he could also clinch the, the sales team division championship with a win over Steve Groover's EPDB BNB and a loss by Charlie Thurber's capital expenditures, uh, who is also in a big game against Dave Peston super sack this week. So huge, huge battle for Vince this week. And I think that that matchup between Charlie and Dave is going to be a big one too. So Vince, at the end of the week, if he comes away with the W, could end up being division champion after it's all said and done. On the other side of the docket, that warehouse division, there is there are no clinching scenarios this week at the top of it, but at the bottom of it for that ACT playoffs, uh, let's, let's put it this way. Tyler Kerr's with a loss or wins by two out of three of the five and five teams uh, he will punch his ticket to the ACT playoffs. So let me put that in layman's terms for you. Uh, the three, five, and five teams out there, Kevin Hewlett's lofts, Saul Goodman, Dave Peschen, Super Sack, Joe Reese, Footloose Prosthetics. As soon as any of them get to that sixth win, they've effectively jumped tie and pushed him down into the ACT playoffs. If two teams hit six wins this week, he has – ended up down there in a toilet bowl playoffs officially, regardless of what he does. Tim, at the same time with Green Dragon, if he loses, he's in also the ACT playoffs. Uh, there are no other scenarios out there. If he wins, if he wins, he can keep himself alive for another week at the least, but um, could really punch his ticket down there to that toilet bowl. So a couple big ones this week, Derek. Um, what, what do you think about those? I'm really interested to see here if Vince can pull off the win against Groover, and we'll talk about it here in a little bit when we go through our forecast. Uh, but, you know, it's hard to believe that we already have teams getting ready to to clinch those those playoff berths. And I think for Ty, you know, there's I don't think there's any way he, he doesn't end up in the ACT playoffs at this point. I don't think his team has enough to get past. And, you know, if you're counting on Dave, Kevin, and Joe all to pretty much lose out, it's not going to go well for you as Kevin's team at least is surging and Dave and Joe's can be good at any point in the, in the, in the week. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling good if I'm Ty and I'm feeling real, real good if I'm Vince. Yeah. It's a near certainty for Ty at this stage. So he should probably start brushing up on some of these ACT courses that Dave has been offering here on the podcast because uh, he might need to study up at the least he's going to be fighting for his life down there in that playoff bracket. Um, but just looking at the two divisions right now, real quick uh, sales team division, everybody's lumped there in the middle outside of Vince who has a chance to clinch a playoff berth. 
you know, there's a lot up for grabs in that division still. I just want to call attention to capital expenditures. Charlie's team, you know, we've, we've thought he was safe for most of the season here. He only has 1,164 points for of this year, which is only the, it's the second lowest in the league. So with some, all the teams that are have five wins right now and Kalen Kings at four wins, you know, there's a lot of potential there for some guys to catch him. And he's got a pretty tough schedule down the stretch he could accidentally knock himself down into ACT playoff territory just because of the fact he has not been scoring. So he, I think he needs to be a little bit worried going into these last couple of weeks. And on the warehouse division side, uh, we're setting up for what could possibly be a huge matchup next week. It's, it's the, the odd situation where both myself and Kevin, who looks lofts as a Saul Goodman, both teams control their own destiny right now. So going into next, if both teams win this week, it sets it up for a possibly division clinching matchup next week between both of our squads. Um, going to that game, if my team wins, they clinch the division. If Kevin's team wins, they take the division lead with the possibility to clinch the next week. So a very interesting scenario that's occurred in the warehouse division. Kevin's team was left for dead just weeks ago, but was still scoring. We kind of had an idea that this could happen, um, but I don't think I don't think we expected him to you know not slip up for this long and put together this kind of streak. He's put himself right there in position to possibly earn a buy. Yeah, and this week twelve matchup between you and Kevin is going to be. Yeah, for a lot of marvels there, um, as you know, you have Tyler, Kevin, and Tim left on your schedule, and he has Kalen, you, and Vince. So neither of you, I, I think, both of you can end up with wins against the other two opponents. Um, you know, Kevin, I think, has a harder one against Vince there. So it may very well come down to what you guys do against each other in Week Twelve that really will have a lot of bye week implication there, which makes for some great fantasy football weeks, some great podcast content as well. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun couple weeks here. So buckle up. All right. So if the season ends today, Tony, who's in? The season ends today. Your buys are going to be Grandpa's Cheese Barn and My Nooks and Fannies, and then you will have a matchup of Steve Groover versus Dave Pestian. The Meanderwood melee would occur in the playoffs as well for a third time this season. Then you'd have Capital Expenditures versus Lofts, Saul Goodman, Charlie versus Kevin in that 4-5 battle. And then Toilet Bowl playoffs. Uh, you would have Joe Reed's Footloose Prosthetics versus Tyler Kerr's Cyberdyne Systems as a 7-10 matchup, and then Kalen King's Prestige Worldwide against Tim's Green Dragon. So, uh, you know, a lot of good football left to be played there. Uh, interesting to see what it could be, but as I mentioned before, there is a lot of for grabs right now, and these could change drastically in the next three weeks. So those of you, Tyler and Tim, you have been put on notice, friends win this week or you will be in the toilet bowl and Vince, you may be able to punch your ticket. Everybody else start clawing. It's going to get scrappy and that'll do it for our playoff scenarios. Stick with us. Well, if all the snow and freezing cold temperatures in the Midwest didn't clue you into it, the holidays are right on the corner. You know what that means. 
lots of parties, lots of food, lots of drinks. And before you know it, January 1st will be here and you'll be hating yourself while waiting in line for a treadmill at the run-of-the-mill gym down the street as part of your New Year's resolution. See, I know you. You know you. And I know you know that I know you. So why don't we get ahead of that trend this year? At Globo Gym America Corp, Globo Gym is the premier athletic and body alteration facility in the country. Not only can you work on your cardio, pump some iron with nationally certified trainers, but you can also sign up with one of their on-site plastic surgeons to fix that bout of ugly that you have. At Globo Gym, they don't like you the way you are. They know that ugliness and fatness are genetic disorders, much like baldness or necrophilia, and that it's only your fault if you don't hate yourself enough to do something about it. So do something about it. Head on down to Global Gym America Corp and tell founder White Goodman you heard about on the Frosty Podcast to receive 50% off your first three months and a complimentary round of Botox injections to get ahead of those New Year's resolutionists. That's Global Gym, where we will, we will rock you. And next up on the Frosty Podcast, we have The Forecast, presented by Goliath National Bank, the world leader in credit and banking. Joining us to help us pick is actually one of our very own interns. You know him best from the ABCs of the ACTs, coach of SuperSack. Intern Dave Pestian. Dave, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. It's intern Dave Dave here, uh, aka number one intern. Woo! Now, Dave, before we get into it, I have a bone to pick with you. Oh boy. You know, you do these ABCs of the ACTs, and I can't help but notice that the vast majority of your questions have been math related. You know, some of us are are science people, and uh, where's the science love? Um, clearly Derek, you know, I hate to call you out on your own show, but if you go back to the second segment of the ABCs of the ACTs, I clearly stated that, uh, upon week two, I realized that the math section was pretty much the only radio friendly section, uh, as far as the, uh, prep questions go, uh, I was writing, some some show prep trying to to get maybe like a reading question or an english question or even a science question uh but you know there are a lot of graphics and uh pretty much novels that you have to read for those sections in order to prepare the audience and let's let's be honest you know i haven't really gotten a lot of popularity these days uh people are barely listening to the math segments so if you want me to go on for five minutes reading an English question, I will. But it's just going to bore the listeners. Well, I've, I've, took, I've taken the ACT multiple times. And I can tell you that there are science questions that are just questions without graphics. And I just think we need to try a little harder to spread the wealth around, Dave. That's all I'm saying. Guys, well. the book on Phoenix. Hooked on Phoenix is getting so pissed at us right now for not using the full name of the segment. Uh, <laughs> do better, please. We're going to lose the few sponsors we have. All right, not you the, got it, boss. Not the sponsors, Toby. All right, enough of that. Let's get into it. First game, Dave, 
we have Tim Taft's three and seven, the Green Dragon, going into town to take on Joe Reedy's five and five footloose prosthetics. Now, currently, Joe is projected to win this one 118.6 to 115.2. Dave, how's this one going? Oh, this is a tough one. So, you know, I, I was fortunate to have a pretty nice outing against Tim last week, put up some good numbers, and, and Tim had some issues. I think the big thing hurting him this year is Thielen not really uh, staying healthy and performing up to his expectations. But there's still some good, some good players on Tim's team. I really like James White. I've got him in another league. Um, and, and I think, uh, oh, it looks like uh, he, he's got Michael Gallup there. That only been a, a drop that I made earlier uh, in the week. But you know what? I, I, I think overall, it, as much as I'd like to go with Joe, I'm going with Tim on this one. He's going to bounce back from the ass beating he had last week and return the favor to Joe. The Green Dragon takes the lead. Yeah, with you know, with Tim's team, I'm watching this Adam Thielen injury, and you know, but going up against Denver, he uh, he looks like he's hurting. Next week they have a bye week, so my guess is they're gonna just gonna sit Adam Thielen, which is obviously gonna hurt Tim. Uh, Keenan Allen is ready for a big bounce back week going up against Kansas City. That defense generally lets the receivers and quarterbacks do well. Dak Prescott going up against Detroit. I expect big things there. I, I'm i going to go opposite of you here. I'm going to take Joe. Uh, I think Dak has a game. I think Le'Veon is ready to, to really bust out. And uh, at the end of the day, I don't think Tim has enough taking Joe. Tony. Well, this is a big one here, especially for Tim. We mentioned the uh, the playoff scenarios earlier. If Tim loses, he punches his ticket to the ACT playoffs. So his back is against the wall here. He's going into this game with an absolute mash unit right now on his roster. Uh, no David Johnson. No Devontae Adams. He's on a bye. No Adam Thielen, who's banged up. Uh, a lot of misfit parts in there. But they do have some pretty nice matchups. Uh, Joe's team just went off this past week and put up – a. a Another big effort for him, but he's been struggling as of late to put together two straight weeks of that. I'm going to go with the desperate team here. I'm going to go with Tim to stave off elimination and keep nice. himself in the pack for a little bit longer. Take that, Derek. <laughs> Next up here, we have Vince Gorgonzola's 7-3 and three Grandpa's Cheese Barn going up against Steve Groover's 6-4 and four, the EBDBB&B. And this is going to be a competition in the sales division. Vince currently first in the sales team division and Steve in second. Right now, Steve projected to take it 133.2 to Vince's 121.3. Dave, is Vince able to clinch his playoff spot or does Steve survive another week? You know, Vince is a little bit of a sore subject for me. Mostly because both weeks I've, I've played him so far in the season, I've put up a, a really nice showing 
and I've, I've, I've lost and it's, it's been disappointing. Some of my best performances throughout the season have gone up against grandpa's cheese barn. Uh, a couple red flags for me. One, Kareem Hunt going in the lineup. I, I like the play. And if I had Hunt, I'd, I'd probably toss him in too. But it's still so undecided on, on the role he's going to play in the Cleveland offense that I, I'm just not sure he's going to put up the points that you're looking for. And it looks like Kittle's out uh, as far as I can tell. So uh, I think Vince has got some adjustments uh, to make on his team at this point. But Mahomes is back in the game, and, and OBJ is, is doing pretty solid. But if you look over towards EBDB, BMB, you've got Lamar Jackson. Again, somebody I've got in another league that has helped me get to uh, uh, an 8-2 record that I've got in that league uh, on his back. Ezekiel Elliott, familiar name. I believe he was on my team at one point. Uh, at one point. But, you know, Steve's playing the Browns defense. And I just, you know, Pittsburgh and the Browns going up on, on Thursday night this week, that, that makes me a little bit nervous. Uh, things can, can happen and, and be kind of strange on Thursday. And, and the more I think about it, as far as my benefit goes in the league, I need the guys up top to extend themselves forward and break away from the group. So that's the reason I'm going to pick Grandpa's Cheese Barn. Solely on the fact that I need Steve, who's closer to the middle of the pack, to stay in the middle and somebody that I can compete with and hopefully uh, in increase my chances of, of making the playoffs this year. So, Vince, you get the nod as much as I hate to admit it. Dave, I'm going to join you with that one. I know I know Steve's projected to win, and really this comes down to a big quarterback battle, right? Patrick Mahomes going up against Lamar Jackson, and I, I don't know who wins that battle because they're both going to, I think, be fantastic this week. The Browns' defense is the interesting one to me. The Browns' defense generally has been kind of, eh, okay. Not, not really scoring top five fantasy points since week two. But that Pittsburgh offense is struggling. Mason Rudolph really can't throw the ball very well. Uh, and, you know, so Browns are going to be facing mostly a running game. You know, what are they going to do with that? Uh, I, I think it would be pretty good, seeing as I believe James Conner's still out. No, he's back in. Ah, all right. Still, I, I think Browns defense is going to do okay. On the flip side, Odell Beckham Jr. seems to be getting more and more involved if we, if we go off of last week. Kareem Hunt getting more and more involved. We saw some great blocking from him. I think we're getting ready to see some some running from him now being in there two weeks in a row. Although, like you mentioned, J uh, George Kittle is out. Jason Witten is sitting there on the bench. So the 12th ranked tight end. So certainly not falling too far off of production at the tight end spot. So at the end of the day, I'm going with you. I'm picking Vince's grandpa's cheese barn. Tony, is this a, cl a clean sweep from you? Well, this is a big one here for Vince to try and clinch the division here or clinch himself a playoff spot. Possibly the division needs some help there, but uh, to go against division rival Steve here, who he's already beaten once uh, for a ch chance to 
enter the playoffs in his first year in the league, that's a huge opportunity for him. Uh, he's going to have his work cut out for him in this game. It's going to be a big quarterback battle, as you mentioned here. Uh, Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson. The Chargers tend to keep Patrick Mahomes in check a little better than most teams do. The Chargers haven't been playing real great lately, but their, their DBs are pretty solid. I think that game with Baltimore and Houston is going to be probably in the 60s is my guess. I think there's going to be a lot of fireworks in that game. The, just with the lead up to it and everything, I feel like this is going to be this year's uh, Chiefs-Rams game from last year where it was just each team trading blows. Uh, that could be big news for Steve there. His team is kind of rounding into form now. Uh, Vince is dealing with some injuries. Uh, his team's kind of going in the opposite direction. Still has a lot of talent, but I think he might be a week away from uh, Odell Beckham really starting to hit his stride there and George Kittle coming back. I'm going to go with Steve to uh, tie himself for the division lead there and uh, possibly keep Vince out of the playoffs for one more week. In our next game, we have Tyler Kerr's Cyberdyne Systems going up against Tony's Nooks and Fannies. Now, Ty's team is three and seven, fifth in the warehouse division. Tony, after coming out real strong, has started to slide a little bit, six and four, but still first in that warehouse division. Tony projected to take this one pretty handily, 120.1 to 73.4. Ty dealing with some bye weeks this week. So, Dave, how do you see this one going? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <It's... laughs> he, uh, uh, he does have a backup quarterback. Yeah, he's got a backup quarterback. He's got uh, uh, Brissett in there from Indy. I wasn't sure if he had one on his bench or not. It doesn't matter. I don't care. I'm going with Tyler. He gets to win all day. <laughs> I love that pick. <laughs> Ty has really been struggling. I feel bad for him. He's uh he's lost two in a or no, I'm sorry. He's lost three in a row. Uh but you know, Tony, Tony's lost two in a row. Ooh. And uh you know I, I I feel like this might be the week that Ty just comes out and surprises <laughs> everybody. <laughs> Does Jacoby Brissett have enough in there to to turn it up? Oh, he gets yeah. Vance McDonald back, uh, and then he has to plug in a defense. Right now he has Giants defense in there, who, who obviously is not going to be playing. But he gets some guys. He's been kind of decimated the last two weeks on buys, and so he gets some of those guys back. You know, Tony right now showing Matt Stafford in that starting role. Oh, I like uh, that. Of course, he does have Carson Wentz in there. But going up against New England on his bench, so I'm not sure what Tony's going to do with that one, but I think I think he's going to keep Stafford. Uh, I don't know. This is a tough one, mostly because the obvious pick is to pick Tony. <laughs> but call it wishful thinking. Um, I'm going to go Ty. I think it's going to be Ty. This is a clean, clean sweep, Tony. <laughs> I, I can't compete with that avatar, guys. Come on. <laughs> clean sweep. It's a clean sweep. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, that's so great. ridiculous. <laughs> Ty, 
I hope you do win. Oh no, I do too. Yeah, we're gonna feel like jerks now if you get if you get smashed. No, it won't happen. That avatar has been shooting me up for the last five minutes while I've had this game up. (laughs) 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 Tony, any thoughts going into the game? (laughs) I'm terrified of this game because. Ty has obviously had his issues, but he's also due for one of those weeks where he just goes off for 150 for no reason. Uh, and I really don't trust my team to be consistent in anything right now, the way they've been playing. So, uh, yeah, I'm a little nervous. I should win, but it doesn't always hold firm. Yeah, you know, and I'm thinking back a couple weeks ago, I think it was week seven, that Ty, it was just like, it was a 40-point spread. And Ty comes back, has one of those 150-point games, and proves everybody wrong, shows up and just crushes everybody. Um, So in all reality, I do – I I agree with you. I think he's due for one of those games. Um, And Ty seems to show up against the opponent that you kind of don't expect him to. And uh, I think it's this week. I really do. So moving on here, next game, Kalen Kings 4-6 and Prestige Worldwide – Going into town to take on Kevin Hulix, the law offices of Saul Goodman. And guys, this one's going to be a close one. Kevin is projected to win 125.9 to 124.1. So less than a two-point spread. Dave, how do you see this one going? So I, I will say as not only a member of the show, but as an avid fan of the Frosty podcast, I was uh, very into the, the, the curse of Kalen King and, and the shame he brought his team after coming on the podcast and going on what was, I'm pretty sure, like a 9 or 10 game losing streak, if I remember correctly. Um, so now that he's sitting at 4 and 6, uh, it's, it's, it's up in the air. You know, I, I think since the curse is broken, it, it, it's just it's not something I can get behind and, and root for solely on the base of, of the frosty curse. But when I look at the two teams and, and, and really when we recognize the fact that Kevin's on a, a bit of a streak here after being pretty much the top scorer in the league and uh, having some really unlucky weeks consistently out of the gate, you know, Kevin's somebody that I can relate to a lot because early on, we we struggled. Uh, we struggled in different ways. Don't get me wrong, but but we struggled, and now we're both in the thick of it. And 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 I like that about Kevin's team, even though uh, pretty early on after the draft, I thought he had one of the worst teams. Um, but uh, Kalen, don't don't take offense to this. I'm not picking the curse. Okay. I, I, I just think Kevin is is the better story here. And I'm I'm gonna pick him to win this game. Well, if Game of Thrones taught us anything, it is that we should pick people based on the story and then go opposite of that and pick the person with the worst story. And I think that is Kalen, unfortunately. So Kevin has been on a four game win streak. Uh, Kalen, after kind of you know, after struggling, uh, as we talked about in the past, is on a two-game win streak. Kevin's team is a bunch of guys that are scrappy, and I appreciate that about his team, which is why, on paper, it never looks that great outside of that Pats defense. 
Everybody else is just kind of hanging in there. Uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is up and down. Chris Godwin, usually pretty good third-ranked uh, wide receiver. But he's going to still kind of live and die with that Pats defense, you know, even though he's able to get that win when they were on bye last week. But at the end of the day, I think that Kalen's team is a little better top to bottom. I think Nick Chubb, you know, fighting for that job now that he has Kareem Hunt breathing down his neck, he's going to have himself a big game. Matt Ryan against Carolina, I think, is going to have a good game. And, of course, those Kansas City guys going up against the the Chargers. You know, Tony mentioned sometimes the Chargers can give them fits, but I think at the end of the day, they're going to do enough. I'm going to pick Kalen in this one. Tony. Well, definitely take from both sides there, both of you guys uh, going with the storylines here. I am also going to go with the storyline, but I think the best story for the league here would be Kevin's team winning this week and going into a showdown against my squad next week uh, with possibly a division championship on the line. Uh, uh, you know, as long as everybody's predictions of my demise don't come through this week. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think this is going to be a tight one. Uh, Kalen's squad is undefeated since he made the trade to get Nick Chubb. Uh, so two-game win streak. I like his roster a lot, but I like some of the matchups that Kevin has a little better, particularly that Josh Jacobs against the Bengals one. That could be two or three touchdowns right there. Uh, he's got a couple guys in that Houston-Baltimore game that I've already mentioned. Uh, I think he's got some pretty good matchups there that could help him get to five straight setting up possibly a huge matchup next week. And in our game of the week, we have Charlie Thurber's six and four capital expenditures going on to take, going in to take on intern Dave's super sack at five and five. This is going to be a battle of bubble teams. Now, currently, Dave projected to lose 132.3 to 121.9. Dave, we're not going to have you pick, but what are your thoughts going into this game? Uh, I, I mean, if you, if you go into a match versus Charlie and, and you're not at least slightly concerned, then, then I think you're a fool. Um, so... Uh, I'm a little bit worried. I, I feel good about a few things. One, I think some of the trades and movements that I've made, um, specifically with Edelman and Gordon joining the squad, I, I think work in my favor. Um, you know, I, I think New England versus Philly might be a little bit of a tough game uh, in Philadelphia. And Edelman is going to have to really show up to put up some points. But uh, I do like uh, Melvin Gordon and his matchup. You know, I, I think he could he could do well and continue to, you know, after after his bye week, continue to hopefully add to his stats. The part that also worries me is I've got Chris Carson on the bench because he's got a bye week and he's been, you know, one of the lower value players in terms of cost on my team. And one of the, you know, the, the huge uh, added advantages that I've had on a consistent basis throughout the season. And so uh, we're definitely going to miss him out on the field this week. Um, you know, at the same time, hopefully Tom Brady's got a good week and, and he throws the ball a lot. 
Um, that's definitely been something that's been uh, troublesome for me and, and has been a detriment to our success. If Brady decides to have a, a 10 point game versus a 25 point game, but you know, all in all, I, I, I think this is going to be a really good matchup. Charlie has a tendency to kind of go big or go home. There are weeks we'll hold, put up a, you know, kind of a, a as Tony would say, a, a pedestrian 100 points. And there are other weeks where he's going to surpass that 130 mark and and really make you compete to get the win. Uh, I hope it goes in my favor. I, I've been on a, a bit of a streak here myself, and I, I want to continue going. Uh, I'm just glad to be in the hunt, and, and Charlie was one of the guys leading the league here for a little bit. So the fact that this game could put us almost neck and neck in the in the division, I think would be it'd be great if I can squeak out a win on this one. I don't think you're gonna. Uh, I look okay. down. I look down Charlie's roster, and as we look at player rankings, I see a lot of single digits. Leonard Fournette, number nine. Michael Thomas, number one. Mike Evans, number two. Greg Olson, number nine. Vikings D, number nine. Justin Tucker, number four. Charlie's roster, top to bottom, is is pretty good. I think better than his record shows, um, and maybe better than some of his guys have performed. Charlie does one of these things. He scores 150 to 200, not quite 200, but almost there. And then the next week drops an egg, you know, lays an egg at, at 88. But at the end of the day, Phillip Rivers going up against Kansas City, I think is going to do well. Tom Brady going up against Philly, I don't think he's going to do all that well. Jarvis Landry for you, Dave. I think Odell Beckham's going to have the big game, and I think it's going to be at the, uh, the expense of Landry. But Michael Thomas and or Mike Evans are set to have big games as those as their teams play each other. I think they're going to be looking to show up and see who is going to be the best receiver from a fantasy standpoint. And that's going to be only good things for Charlie's squad. I'm picking Charlie. Tony. Derek, let me ask you a question here. Um, yeah. How many catches do you have in the NFL this year? Do I have? Personally, yes. I have I have zero catches in the NFL. Okay. Well, Mike Evans also had zero catches last time he faced the New Orleans Saints and Marshawn Lattimore. Um, I'm, I'm not real up-to-date on what Lattimore's status is for this game. I'm pretty sure he's playing. If he does, that is not a good matchup for Mike Evans at all. Um, <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, talk about two teams here that are moving in opposite directions. Uh, Dave's team, two-game winning streak. Charlie's team, two-game losing streak. Uh, and right now, this game is a battle for seeding. If Dave wins this battle, he is above Charlie in the standings due to points. Uh, Thurber's team has not been scoring very consistently all year, and that could come back to bite him here. As I mentioned earlier in the playoff scenarios, uh, he could be in some real danger here with some of these games down the stretch. Uh, where we thought he was safe all along. Now, both sides here have some pretty good matchups. Uh, quietly, that Melvin Gordon trade has really worked out for Dave quite a bit. Last week, Gordon out-touched out uh, Austin Eckler 23-8 to in that game, and that seems to be where the dispersion of carries has been going as of late. So it's a good, good thing for Dave there. The Chiefs don't stop the run very well. He's got McCaffrey going against Atlanta. Uh, not 
thinking that Atlanta can play defense two back-to-back weeks like they did last week. Um, and I, I do think Brady and Edelman will put up some points this week against the Philadelphia secondary that is a little suspect. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of points in that game there. I'm going to go with Dave to continue his winning streak here and to jump Charlie in the standings. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dave, obviously very excited to be picked. It doesn't happen often. Especially after I just picked Tony to lose, too. So I'm real pumped about that. <laughs> real cool, man. Glad to have support. Well, Dave, thank you for joining us. As always, great job on your ACT prep. Uh, you know, hopefully you aren't the one who needs your own prep. Uh, <laughs> we'll not. see after this week, if you're one step closer or one step further away from making the playoffs. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been a blast. That is the forecast presented by Goliath National Bank, the world leader in credit and banking. That'll do it for another episode. The Frosty Podcast is presented by Steel Valley Media. On behalf of the Fortune 500 League, I'm your host, Derek Frost. Your co-host is Tony Perenni. Our overworked and underpaid interns are Dave Dave Peschen and Vince Gorgonzola. Number one. Uh, We'd like to thank intern Dave and intern Vince for joining us this week. Good luck to all you fantasy owners. And if you're in the ACT power rankings, apparently study your own reading English and science. (laughs) Dave ain't covering it. We'll catch you next time.